morning coffee moaners. Good morning podcasters. Good morning to those who see us in vision. Good morning. Good morning. Over it. Who fancies a moan? Do you like this sweatshirt? What does it say on the back? That's it. Just over it. Oh. Because this... I thought it might say under it. a few years ago. Under it, over it. No, no, over Christmas. And I thought it was really... um, um, What's the word? Apt. Appropriate. Appropriate today because Dina came in yesterday and she was like, oh, I just feel flat. I just don't care. I just feel really weird, which actually Dina isn't often like that. And I said, well, I think it's that, you know, we've got Twixmas, which is the period between Christmas and New Year where people feel a bit sort of out of sorts. I think we should have one for the bit just before we go, crazy Christmas. We should have a name for it. You could think of something. I don't know, but on the Members Live last night, I was kind of winding you up with this because you keep getting it wrong about when Christmas is. You keep bringing bringing it forward so that it's this side of the weekend. But since you've been doing that, um, it's not blurry. We're monitoring it here, so it must be your end. Sorry. Um, Because you keep doing that, I can't work out whether that's making me more depressed and stressed because the fact that it feels like we've run out of time already and we haven't run out of time and yet I feel like we've run out of time. We have now established, because right since the beginning of November, I thought Christmas Day was this Friday. So I am actually filled with joy. You know, like when you think you've got to do something and you've got like a deadline Mm. and then you've got... My deadline has been extended. And this is what I love about my ADHD and the fact that my particular ADHD works against dates and times. I feel like there's a stay of execution. I don't. I feel like I'm walking along a plank. Do you? Yeah, really odd. I think it's really apt that we're going, are you over Christmas already? When Dina came in yesterday um, and she was like she was, I was really alarmed. Because I thought it was remarkably early for her to have lost Christmas cheer. I think she just suddenly felt a bit flat, you know. It was like, I think, you know, my parents are away, our kids have grown up, haven't we? It's just it's just so different. And I think I wonder whether because because a of Vlogmas, of because of Vlogmas, because of the curly cooks, it's sort of given us a bit of that spirit back of what Christmas used to be mm. like when we were kids and when yeah. we were young. So I don't know whether it was a bit of that. But I do also think at this time of year, everybody just gets a bit exhausted. It's ill, people at Mark's been so ill. You've either been ill or you're worried about getting ill. Oh, quite you, a few people are ill. Yeah, and you're starting to think, oh my God, I've got this on Tuesday, I've got this on Wednesday. What can I cancel? That People are in the cancelling point. Because in November, when you start making these dates, you think, oh, this is totally possible, it'd be wonderful, and everything would be really Christmassy, and duh. Or there are all of those people that feel like the whole of the rest of the world is having an amazing time, and they may feel lonely, or, you know, unloved, or all of those things. And I think this is the time when it hits. Has it hit you? I don't feel that Well, has. no, because I am now excited because I've got three more days. <coughs> so it's going to hit you on Friday? <coughs> Well, no, because I've got a head. When's it going to hit you? <laughs> no. When are you going to be over it? Maybe it's not going to hit me. Maybe, well, maybe I'm going to get ill. See, now I've got into the fit. Oh, my God, give me my vitamin C. Guys, don't forget, when you take your vitamin C, take zinc as well, because that 
is very important. I, I, I don't know whether, I, I feel Vlogmas has been so, such fun to watch. I mean, they, they've genuinely, when you've edited them and we, you know, stitch them together with such sort of thought and kind of music and comedy and it's been very funny. You have done brilliant editing. It's been incredibly editing. festive. Um, we've gone out and about as, you know, as much as we can. You know, there was always going to be a moment where my attention was dragged away from it for a couple of days, but then that was exacerbated by the illness as well. Um, and so I thought clambering back onto the bike to get the same energy and keep the same thing going. It's not that we haven't got it. We've got it. But I think I've hit a wall. Well, Maisie Kinsella said, please, could you have a shout out? It would really make her feel better. I think we should do a little song to Maisie. Wait, wait, hang on, let me Maisie, get the name correct. Hang on, where is it? Maisie, give, give us your answer, answer to. We're half crazy. Oh, for the love of you. Why are you singing? Because it goes well. Maisie, Maisie, Daisy. Maisie, there's a little shout out for you. Yeah, no, I feel like I've hit a wall. And it's a wall, it's a bigly wall, it's a festive wall, it's a wall full of holly. Um, I'm, I, yes, I don't know. I, I'm in that place that Dina was last night. I, I, if I'm really honest and I don't want to bring the mood down, I oscillate and I was talking to my mum over in uh, Jordan today and it was like, I said, you know, I'm doing one thing for Christmas and for Vlogmas and then I'm constantly going back to, um, Palestine. So I'm constantly looking at the insanity of, of life that there's the excess that we you know have you know it's just we just do you know the luck of the birth of our country the country that we're in we don't have that going on you know and, and of course across the world there are horrors going on and so that's when I can feel a real drop where I feel like guilty and I feel ashamed but then I I say no no you can't do that because there's a million things a day that could stop us take to having the joy that we're having. And, you know, I, I feel better because then I think about how much we keep it in the chat about Palestine and we've got all sorts of plans for fundraising and all of this. But I have that thing going on in my brain all the time. And I think Dina does as well. I think that's why she felt a bit flat. She was suddenly a bit like, I think, I think, what I are think... we doing when there's people suffering? Well, you said you were sort of hit by a, bit, by a little bit last Friday. I, I, think I've, I think I've got hit by the realisation that so much of what Christmas is, is set design, quite literally. Look at our hallway. You know, it's, mm. it's about fakery. It's about creating a facade. It's about, with all the right intentions, about creating fun, escapism, a sense of kind of forgetfulness, you know, magic, all this kind of stuff. And then what's sort of really horrible is at the back of it, just kind of creeping in, you see the system at work yeah. sort of wanting to make, it sort of, I don't know, monetize it to make it something that one feels a failure at, that you need to succeed at. And all this kind of stuff sort of creeps in. How and to succeed. How to succeed at Christmas. I mean, we're yeah. going to get on to status symbols of 2023 in a minute. But I don't know, I just, there's something about the set dressing of it that putting the chalet aside, and I'm the jury's out. I'm going to still going to have to make my judgment once my snow village is up and running as to which I prefer and which way I'm going next year. Because I know you've said that this is in for three years. That depresses me, if I'm honest. Because the thought not, of no the change. Thought of something new. The thought of no change for three we've years. The thought of something new. I've thought of something. And it's really good. Well, and I've thought of something huge. Because clearly I'm now no longer part of the inner circle of Vlogmas. So I've got a plan that could outstrip all your plans for the next 10 years. Why don't you just stop being a tosser? Well, because I want to be able to 
indulge in a shared enjoyment rather than watching yeah, Dina staple gun the wall. You love a bloody row and you love a bloody no, war. I don't. And you've made Christmas no. a war. I haven't. You did. You love that village. I you don't. love that lodge. I and don't. I come out in hives it. every time I he walk through it. He bloody loves it. I feel like I'm in the what guns about, of Navarone. What about our children who love it? Do you care? I love our children happy in any scenario. Yeah, so I love it for them. Good. And then once that's enough. And then that's once the they've gone, one. once they've gone upstairs, and I'm left standing there in Hugo. <laughs> what is it then? What's the Navarone? Does make me laugh. It feels like I'm in a western. <laughs> it feels like no. I feel like I'm in the guns of Navarone. <laughs> I feel like Oliver Reed and someone else can come out with somebody. It's just, for oh, so yeah. those of you who may have just come here for the very first time, we have converged. We have changed our really depressing, horrible, hasn't been decorated for Hang ten on. years hall. Into a lovely cozy ski this lodge. This female psychology we haven't of characterising the a thing, of characterising the thing that was there as something it other than yeah, I'm not. Oh my god, because it wasn't festive. It was never. It was never hideous no, once the Christmas village was not up. because it wasn't festive because I haven't been decorated for ten years. Oh god. Like the sofa. Take the wooden spoon. No, thank you. Okay. So is anybody else? We asked the question, and then we didn't listen to a single person. Are you over Christmas? <laughs> Uh, Kat, Carla, thanks, Mark and Nadia, for bringing the magical. <laughs> we Hard love to you. get in the spirit of things, but you bring it every time. Oh, Mark. bless you. Thank bless you. you. Thank you. Um, Faith, Chuck, okay, sweetie, chuck your address to um, to Michelle. Um, Elizabeth Gordon, it's also about keeping in touch with loved ones near and far, sending love and care. I've, we've done two things so far this Christmas that I found the most enjoyable. And it's involved putting our phones away, sitting down and watching a couple of movies that are utterly devoid of cinematic brilliance, but are full of family fun. And that was Home Alone and Elf. And we just sat down with the kids. Yesterday again, we'd been working all day, haven't we? And then we said, let's just do it. Let's just hand over the time. It's a bit itchy for the first five minutes. It's like you're thinking, oh, God, I should be doing this. My room's still a tip and all that. And then we just all went... Rrr. And Elf, I'm sorry. It is just a genius, wholesome, Yeah, in fact, I'll, I'll, I'll correct film. that. It was cinematically... It is cinematically clever. But Home Alone, the first one as well, it was just so... It, I still think it's too violent. Well, I couldn't watch. You th if you think Home Alone is violent... You need to does. go into some kind of rehab. But Mark, they, he had a full iron on his face. Oh my God. And this is a woman who watches real crime documentaries. And then he smashed his head all the way down the icy steps. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's cartoon humour, isn't it? But oh, who's that? My husband watches endless football. Oh who's that? God, even I find that a dismal where, prospect. Where, who is that? Ruth Blanford. I have to watch movies on my phone. Oh, oh sweetie. Sweet. Oh, where, who is this? Ruth What's Blanford. Right, Ruth. Ruth's husband, right? This is a why message. Why doesn't he to you. watch the football on the, on the phone? This is a message to Ruth's husband. Okay. You might not know me, Ruth's husband. My name is Nadia. And on behalf of Ruth and yourself, can I just put this little plea out to you? Make a little date night, just you and Ruth, and just say, do you know what? I'm not going to watch the football today. We're going to sit. And we're going to have a nice cup of tea or a glass of wine or whatever. And we're going to watch a film together. Neither of us are going to look at our phones or talk. And we're just going to sit. You don't have to have a snog. You don't have to do any of that. Just sit together and watch a film. Because she's watching it on her own. And you're watching the football on your own. And 
That's the show. It's, it's quite hard for a bloke to understand not watching football and not snogging. <laughs> it's a difficult... Ruth's husband, go on. Go on, you never know. It, you could enjoy it. You choose the film. How about that? You choose or, the film and Ruth will watch it with you. You have, or, to, you have to make men think it's their idea. Yeah, no, absolutely. Or <laughs> you could maybe broker a deal where you say, you know, I'll explain, you know, you, watch a film together and then she can watch some football with you. Elizabeth Gordon, drop the footy for a few hours, Ruth's husband. <laughs> I think Ruth Blanford's husband, I think you've heard the advice. Read the room. Come on. Read the room. Well, read What's this room. What's his name, Ruth? Tell us his read name. This <laughs> Who does he support, by the way? Because if it's... If now, it's... don't you going down a what? football route now? Yeah, I'm just curious to know whether his team's doing well. I mean, if they're fighting for survival, then I could understand it would be quite difficult to get him off the... Oh, Jordan Stevenson, listen to this, Ruth <coughs> Blanford. I make my partner watch the football on his phone. Mm. Maybe that should alternate. Uh, Natasha Milchin, it's a little bit of a pick me, pick me girl comment there. I don't suppose you'd want to send a Christmas card to Tel Aviv. Why? Why wouldn't we? Of course we would. <laughs> um, we send them all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Faith Goodman, I'm cooking Christmas lunch for the first time over this year as Tony broke his right arm. Oh no, I'm going to try to do it completely right. Not sure how it will end up. Oh my God, be careful. Kathy Hyde, I have two boys and a husband, all football mad, dragged them away to watch the worst Christmas film ever last night. It was awful. My 17-year-old said at the end we should have watched Elf. Here's the thing, guys, because me and Mads were talking about this. Me and Maddie were talking about this. They have not been able to bottle and recreate the brilliant DNA that makes a successful Christmas movie, have they, in a long time? Because actually, sometimes what makes a brilliant Christmas film isn't it being about Christmas, but... They, I mean, it's taken years. The, the only one I can think of that we really like is Daddy's Home. Is it Daddy's Home? Is that, that, is that the one that mm. we like? Daddy's Home, that's the only one I can think of that in recent years. But nothing's like Elf or Home Alone or The Grinch. Now, Nadia has a huge problem with The Grinch. Me and the girls can't comprehend this because the story is so you. I hate it. Yeah, but uh, what's the story? I don't like what's the story? Really Forget annoying. the makeup. What's the story? I, I don't know. It's about family. Like it. It's about not sitting on the outside. He's so angry. It's yeah, just, but, I don't like but, it. But he's sad. Stop trying to talk me into liking The Grinch. I have always hated it. And now they're big enough, I don't have to bloody watch it anymore. Why can't you change? I don't want to. Why can't you embrace I want to talk change. to Elizabeth Gordon. who's asked me if oregano in hot water is good for her cough. Now, really the best thing for your cough Everyone's going to get annoyed with me here. It's fresh ginger grated and turmeric grated and pepper. There's also a tincture, which actually Natasha Tiramos puts onto, ivy. Ivy tincture, which into is also very good. Um, is the oregano fresh? I mean, herbs are always good, but um, really you're going to be best with ginger and turmeric. There you go. Hourly. Okay. Drink it as hot as you can bear. Polar Express. Jim Carrey's A Christmas Carol, Back to the Future. Those, I think, should be some of the new ones. That we oh, Muppet Christmas People Carol, say says Amanda. the Muppets. Oh, I don't know if I've ever... I hate the Muppets. Piggy. Hater. Oh, why? Why can't you change? Because you've never advocated for the Muppets. Ivy Tincture. Is Natasha, is, is Natasha here? Natasha, can you remember what it's actually called? The um, It's an Ivy Tincture. Isn't it Time? I thought it was Time Ivy. Time Ivy. That's right. God, how did I remember that? Oh, well, there we go. Um, so, 
we are going to be talking about, just quickly, we're going to, so are you over Christmas already? I think we've established we are, um, or I am, glad you isn't, but might be by the weekend. Uh, and when, when, when we get to the weekend, Christmas is almost over. It's on Monday. Um, we're going to just talk quickly about outdated beauty contests. Miss France's short hairs caused outrage. Uh, we're going to look at some of the status symbols of 2023. And uh, Good question, Kim. How can someone hate Miss Piggy? Hate? Very good question, Kim. Because she's objectionable. She's marvellous. She's a diva. Oh, she's hideous. She manifests everything I despise about... Well, there's your answer. ...female presenters. Back to them. Yeah. Um, ben Wallace, we are... And this is possibly, Natasha, where you're feeling that this could get into contentious territory. Ben Wallace, that sort of extraordinarily right-wing, actually, conservative... Uh, former Defence Secretary, has described Israel's policy as a form of killing rage, which they need to be careful about. So we are going to talk about that. We are going to be obviously just look, touching upon the Gaza-Israel uh, Need crisis. to be careful about You say killing rage and then say need to be careful. I think yeah. we need a bit more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Right. So, Miss France. This story, I sort of, I, I saw this earlier this morning, and she looks elven, doesn't she? Isn't she exquisite? Uh, this is the woman uh, who won Miss France, who won uh, with short hair and modest curves, which by all accounts has caused outrage. I have a huge issue with beauty what pageants. Can, yeah, first of all, what do we think of beauty pageants? They've tried to, they're trying, aren't they, Miss World, to bring themselves more into 2023. Is that like, They insist that uh, they have, I think, you have, do you have to, can you just get that up again? I think it said that they have to have a degree, is that yes, right? Uh, Every woman has to have a degree. This is where they are now, like, coming up to 2023. It's a 103-year-old pageant. Yeah, just go to where, what the requirements are now, um, which did, it all made me laugh so much because... I'm just going to find it out. So, so they've got to have a degree or whatever. Mark's just finding it. They've got to have this. They've got to have that. But at the end of the day, oh, they've got to be able to do public speaking. So they've got to be able to speak. So last year it dropped the rules that required candidates to be no older than 24. Uh, to be unmarried and to have never given birth. So you're allowed to have been gi given you're birth and be beautiful. Wow. Um, you must be at least five foot seven inches and you must pledge for their 12 month reign. This is challenging, isn't it? Not to gain weight, change your hairstyle or display tattoos or piercings for the whole 12 months afterwards. I mean, please, for the love of God. Wow. So... So, yes, we want you to be employed. We want you to be able to speak. We want you to have a degree or whatever it was. So, Wear but, a swimming costume. But on the day, all that's out the fucking window and it's just going to be on how you look. Well, it's a beauty pageant, though. No, but we are over beauty pageants. Well, then don't do the beauty pageant. Especially, it sounds like it's doing a beauty especially pageant. Especially now when it's proven that it's all a load of bullets because the judges can you just get the thing up again that why there's been all these complaints is and wait for this the judge sorry at the top tony i just want to get it exactly right what they said um so complaints flooded social media after the judges overrode a public vote to crown eve yillis 20 year old mathematics undergraduate um in the final of the popular annual pageant Pageant. No, the public voted for someone of a more sort of curvaceous, longer-haired yeah. sort of look. Yeah. Uh, and the voting team overrode that because they wanted to push towards 
a more diverse, they would argue, less obvious, less stereotypical um, look, which was shorter hair and a less curvaceous, and a more androgynous, androgynous body. body. Yeah. And people have gone batshit crazy. Well, someone on X screamed, she doesn't look anything like a Miss France. Also, we don't care about a haircut, but the androgynous body is obviously there to serve as woke. I just don't understand why <laughs> have the competition at all if, you, if it's this littered with issues. Yeah, we have never had anyone with short hair. This is 2023 and we are dis Well, listen, you've only got to go onto the online newspapers every day. Oh, she, she, was, she put her ample bosom, bosom on display. She had da, 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 the way that women are spoken about all the bloody time yeah, but, everywhere you look. But can I just be, play devil's advocate for a minute? If you're going to have a beauty pageant... You can't get upset about people commenting on the way the winner looks because it's a pageant making judgments based on the what beauty. No, but but what the prop? Right, okay, so there's so many things wrong with this, isn't there? Yes, like, you know, it's, it's mind-bogglingly bizarre. Well, it's almost my, either one of two things. You're right, mind-bogglingly bizarre, or so obviously obviously peppered in stupidity that everyone should just go down the pub and forget it. Yeah, so the fact that the judges are having to overrule the public vote... This is getting ridiculous. I mean... This is fixed. How can you, what's what's happened to democracy? How can you overrule the public vote? Because she was too, like, old. The old French ah, Miss France. Because, because they, they know want better. To, because they want people to think more in this way. Yeah, but the people who were overriding it are wanting people to not think in the conventional sexist way. But by having a beauty pageant at all, you're encouraging people exactly. to think sexistly. That's what I mean. So they so they've <laughs> got they've given themselves the headline, but you can't the sort of person that is going to watch a beauty pageant yes. is going to want a long limbed, slim, Barbie doll type. Big boobs, tiny hips, perfect skin, long hair, long legs. Why have a vote, Jordan Stevenson says? nobody else is going to watch a pageant who doesn't have those ideals. I want to ask this question. What does this mean? Coupe de garçon. Is that a man's hairstyle? Man's haircut? Cut of a man, yeah. Cut of a man. Coupe. But that's cut. always been, if you go back to movies like the French New Wave, if you go back to the Jean-Luc Godard films, the Bout de Soufflé and all this kind of stuff in the 60s, some of the coolest, most lovely, beautifulest French women over the years have had bobs, haven't they? Sort of like well, I mean, I don't even looks. want to talk like that because Why? it's just fucking ridiculous. Why? Because beauty is everywhere and beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And I sometimes, when I look, I can think of a couple of people that I know that are very androgynous in body and hair and they are so damn attractive. I can think of my biggest friends, like really big, that are just so attractive. What is this? And why does everything have to be boiled down to how you look? You I know? don't understand that. I, I just, I just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love to appreciate beauty in all its forms. And I think people are always going to find other people sexy and beautiful. I mean, we were doing the other day on Loose Women. Is it, is it no long, you know, should the sexy calendar be, you know, um, be finished with or whatever? The Pirelli. Like, no, no, it's not. A lot of charities now do these, like, 
People strip to the waist with a fluffy dog. Can, or I, fluffy can I say pack. I've got a really strong opinion think, on that? I haven't got a problem with that. Well, no, I haven't got a problem. I tell you what, I have got a problem with is the more looking as bored as they fucking do. Mm. I wish you know, put some fucking performance into it rather mm. than looking like that. You know, and also, you know, sometimes I think the geography of where things are covering things gets a little bit kind of lost. I don't think it matters if you hold them just, a bit higher. I just think we have got to stop beauty pageants. Right. And the beauty pageants of little girls I despise. Do you remember that I girl? Really... Like, years ago, I filmed in LA at a beauty pageant. And we, you know, when you jump in on these things, you follow a certain story or a certain family. Anyway, we went in. It was bizarre because... We went in, we honed in on one family, and we said, okay, we're going to follow you. Ironically, we ended up picking the family that won. And they had a, I think she was 18 months, which was babe in arms enough. 18 months? No, no, no. So th and this child, who could barely walk, went on stage. Uh, she won a pageant. Did a sexy dance. She did a dance and everything like that. She could say one word. Trophy. 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 Say trophy. Say trophy. I, I walked into their, they had a Winnebago out the side. It was at UCLA or somewhere. And there was, I'm not joking, when I walked up to the Winnebago where all the kids were, the sound of hairspray. And when I walked in, it was like I could not breathe. You needed I've a gas watched, mask. I've watched many documentaries like Fly on the Wall, Reality. And I, I'm, I'm absolutely gobsmacked by them. I, I just can't I believe. Did gobsmacked? How... These parents cannot see what they're doing to their child. I mean, I'm not sitting on the bloody fence with this. I, I look at it and I think that is abusive because the child is hours in the chair. You know, they're sitting like this with their hair being pulled and blow dried and hair spread. And then they go oh, out. Don't, 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 don't. And I, do when I think back to all of the smiles. Yeah. I, I remember I the judges getting us to do a promotional shot. They said, oh, could you do a shot of them all in front of the United States flag? And all the young kids were—they had this smile. Oh, don't! On their, they break was, my heart. I just want to run in and take them. Take them. Yeah. Um, what did I want? Can you just? I love the word gobs. Phrase gobsmacked. 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 It's so real, isn't it? Okay. Status symbols of 2023. We're getting to that time of year where we. Oh, Stacy Randall, you've gone. You've gone Stacey, crazy. Now stop it. Wooden you spoon. Spent too much money. Stacey has spoon. bought memberships again, which is very, Stacey, very... Stacey, Stacey. Stacey, you've got to stop it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, actually on that, in the um, members area tonight, we are doing the No Name Sunday show because we couldn't do it yesterday, so we're doing it tonight. And um, there will be cooking. I think Dina might come around and make a cocktail or two. And we're going to do a little bit mini quiz like we did last time. So it'll be fun. And I think that's going to be about six o'clock, isn't it? Somewhere. somewhere For any members tonight, six o'clock. Okay, so status symbols of 2023. It's that time of year where, you know, all those lists come out, don't they? What were the cultural highs? What were the things? What was in the news? Tragically, things like who's died, who's passed away, all that kind of stuff. And what's incoming in the new year? But one of the ones that the Times has done is the status symbols of 2023. And uh, I thought it might be fun just to look through some of these status symbols uh, to see whether you are a wannabe wanker or a wannabe Tarquin, or maybe you're already a Tarquin. Um, and I hate to say it, as I run through the list, I think Nadia is full Tarquinitis. Am I wanker? You're a proper full, okay, full on, top hit me with wanker. It. So the first one, wearing a big yellow Zoe sticker on your arm. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there's no sure sign in 2023 that you're one of life's winners unless you're one of this group. It's, it's a bit, yes, yeah, I know what you mean. So this is the microbiome Well, if you look check. after your gut, you will be a winner. And you don't need to have a Zoe sticker to do yeah. it. You can just look after your gut. Yeah. 
Yeah, true. Um, uh, what are the states? Of that? What is Our, that one last year people well, flew a cultural, to New York? a cultural hinterland. Oh. Yeah, going to extraordinary lengths to see something oh, cultural. Yes. yes. Who can and who wants well, to? Well, we luckily saw Mark Rylance in, in Jerusalem, Jerusalem when he in first came... right at the beginning. So we didn't have to fly to New York. Absolutely. Outdoor saunas. Oh, I'd love an outdoor sauna. Would you? I'd love an outdoor bath. Oh, I don't know why. I... When you say sauna, it makes me get really sort of <laughs> funny. Sorry, guys. I just don't know what you're, that was you're about. Part, you're kind of in a fisherman's jumper today, so you never know your luck. Ah, oh, I could hook you. I don't know if that's working for oh, me. I don't know. Um, Yes, that, that makes me a Sorry. wanker. Yes, I would. L I don't have one. Do you no, have to have one? No, no, no. I think even just just desiring outdoor right. sauna. Anyone here got an outdoor sauna? I have to say, the only outdoor oh, sauna I saw, that. which I wished, and next time we could, we have to go, was the one on Studland Bay this time last year. Oh, Do you I, the one on the I beach? would truly love to make our garden into little oasis. I'm not ashamed. If I could afford it, my mum made it. If I could afford it, oasis. If, if, if I ever get to the place where I could afford it, I would have like a sauna. I'd have one of those outdoor Instagram ice baths. I'd have a swimming well, pond. Well, okay, well, there you go. Having your own swimming pond, oh, apparently. Is that oh, it? I want a swimming pond. What, with, with frog spawn? Yeah, would and you, you swim in it. Would you like tadpoles? That's what I keep saying to you. Lots of little spermatosa. So it's really good for the planet. And it's good for your and, bio, micro, and your microbiomes. Yeah, it's, it's just so good for you. And it would look beautiful in the garden. So a pond. I, They're now, called swimming ponds. Simone's brother's got one. A it's swimming beautiful. pond is a different idea to a swimming pond. I've, the bottom of the garden. I've keep said that calm. to you. Keep calm and keep your knickers on. <laughs> so if you're getting a swimming, Mark, keep your knickers shut on. shut up. Get anal floss. Shh. Anal floss. The girls are here. Mm -hmm. Now stop it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've got a tightening of the arteries. Wearing no makeup. See, look, Creator Hollett wants a natural swimming pond. She's wanted one for years. Wearing no makeup is a status symbol of 2023. Have you signed up to that this year? I've got a foundation on, though. Have you? Does it have to be without foundation? I like it with a full hair. This grows so quickly. It's so fast, though. It's like I have to Let me just have a look day. inside the cheek. No, open your mouth. Oh, my God, there's a little kind of engine room full of hair. Pumping it out. I've got this this white hair, it grows like that, just horizontal. Dear Heart says it would be filthy. Don't, it would be more filthy than our bloody hot Do you tub. know what? It's not filthy. It's 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 kept clean by <laughs> microbiomes. Mm, really good for you. You have to drink the water. And it's very good for your um flatulence? Your house. Oh. Moving from London to the Cotswolds full time. This at this point I thought this has been written for for the absolute kind of out of touch. Uh, status how, symbol. How many of you have ever been to the Cotswolds? It is so fucking perfect. It's Sylvanian family. It's so gorgeous. So it is like a million picture postcards. Oh my god! And it's where all the rich wankers are. Yeah, yeah, all the <laughs> Tarquins. And but it does. It's like walking through Sylvanian families. We went there, didn't we? On that, on that glamping trip. It will be trip. an area. That is, and then you were, I mean, you remember when me, Kay and Jane and Judy went there, it was so funny. Everywhere we went, Judy was like literally the only black person and, oh, we couldn't stop laughing. We went into this ultra, ultra posh shop. Okay, so I went, Jane went in, Kay went in, I went in. And then as Judy walked in, and she had, she always says she had this big black puffer jacket on and her dark glasses, and as she stepped over the line, all these alarms went off. Now, it was just an accident. Oh. But it was like, oh, my God, she couldn't stop laughing. She funny. was like, talk about highlighted. It's so, like, 
posh and white and everything's immaculate and it's really weird coming from London it's so diverse and you walk into the Cotswolds you're like god where am I? I do, I do think it, it is hysterical. I remember Richard Blackwood years ago doing a whole routine about when we, we took him to Cornwall and he talked about being a black man in St Ives. He said it was the yes. most bizarre experience. He said he felt like he'd walked into some kind of horror film where everyone <laughs> just stared at him and he felt like he was the yeah, sole we, target of seagulls. We went into this restaurant and I literally thought <coughs> everyone turned around. And, mind you, we were four loose women that yeah. had had a couple of tequilas, so maybe that was oh, part of it as well. Tequila Mockingbird. Um, this one drives me mad because the other day, when I'm driving down the roads of Dulwich every now and then, getting somewhere to somewhere, and you pass the Yummy Mummies and the kind of Tarquinistas, um, there's posh nothing... Prejudice, yeah, posh prejudice, I don't care right now. Um, but, but there's nothing more passive-aggressive than a parent on a bike that's so wide with children in the front of it in what's called... These are called cargo bikes. £5,000 cargo bikes to do the school run. 5000 So fit, so healthy, and I'm pleased they mention this, so smug. Saving the planet and teaching your children well, good transporting habits. I don't think you are. You're teaching them to be carried around in a basket. Mark, don't be ridiculous. Of course they're not. And £5,000, if you're not buying a car well, of course. and you're spending that money. But I just... But I, I bet you they've got a 4 by 4 at the same time. I just cannot understand how people are brave enough. I, I just... I just... I mean, some people have no choice, but... Every time I see a child on a bicycle, well, I won't go on a bicycle, I'm too scared. Yeah, but they it's reach like, out, they cover the whole road. And where they've got an allotted bicycle lane, because most drivers in London will understand that most roads have been compromised by cycling oh, lanes everywhere. Calm the down. cycling lanes aren't calm even down. wide enough for these bikes. So they reach in and, oh my God, usually sat, bless them, looking out over the top is a little blonde-haired boy called Joshua. Jasper. And he, uh, Jasper. No, we mean posh prejudice. I, I know. And, and, and they're sat there and they're just looking and they're mindless. They don't know. They don't know. You're going to have to watch the bloody coffee moaning I did the other day about how we've all got to improve ourselves on our posh prejudice. Oh, prejudice right. is prejudice. No, I know it is. I know it is. Anyway, so that's a status symbol. £5,000 cargo bike. Having a private GP, that is a status symbol. This is a funny one. A coffee machine that isn't Nespresso. <laughs> Having long, shiny hair past 50. <laughs> that really is. Sometimes I'm looking at people at the studios and I'm thinking, how that? have you got that hair? Do you? Very, very good, these extension oh. things. I'm seriously thinking of getting some. Are you? Yeah. What for your armpits? But you have to maintain it. And as oh. we all know, I'm no good at maintaining. And finally, multiple ear piercings. I love a multiple ear piercing. There's something really erotic about a multiple ear pierced. Natasha Milchin said, a bit off topic, but there are Russians here that pretend they are not Russian. There are Russians here who pretend they're not Russian. Where? Oh, here. Oh, here? <laughs> in the chat? Oh, I don't know what to think of this. Suddenly it all goes cryptic. Okay, do we give you an alert now and say, guys, we're going to just quickly talk about Israel, Palestine. Natasha, I think we all know that we're on a slightly different... Not necessarily page when it comes to innocents who are caught up in this, because there are innocents on both sides, but in terms of the macro politics and the geopolitical implications of everything that's going on, I, I know that we can cause some upset. So I'm, this is a kind of heads up um, and a sort of, you know, 
indication that we're about to talk about it. Right. Anyway. So anybody that wants to leave now, because as we always say, we know a lot of people don't want to engage in the in the Gaza situation. We will always do it at the end. So if you're leaving now, loads and loads of so love to you. So we respect that. Yeah. And um, don't forget, it's the members <coughs> live tonight at six o'clock. Excuse me. And that will be a lot of fun. So thank you again, Stacey Randall, who's given yeah, a 10. ludicrous amount and thirty. Stacey, thirty. Stop now. It's too much money. She's given out thirty. So please make sure you say a big thank you to her because it's so kind of her. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so join us tonight. Yeah. Because you might get a Christmas card. So um, the big story on front of on front of some of the pages of the papers is Ben Wallace, who was the obviously former Defence Secretary, who resigned in the sort of one of the many reshuffles and what have you. Um, he's warned in a piece in the Telegraph, um, about the fact that, he, or he's warned Israel over what he describes as a killing <clears throat> rage. Uh, he says, if Benjamin Netanyahu thinks a killing rage will rectify matters, then he's very wrong. What's important about this is that, unfortunately, it takes voices like people who aren't seen to be people who are on free Palestinian marches and what have you, saying this. It's only when Tories say it, or Conservatives mm. say it, or kind of mainstream establishmentarians say it, that it seems to not gain... Not humanitarians. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah it's, mm. that it seems to gain any credence or validity. Otherwise, it's a bunch of lunatics in the streets all running around screaming stuff, which they're not. People, The thing that frustrates me about the narrative that's about to unfold, which we called out about six weeks, or I certainly did six weeks ago, which is... Everyone's going to get to the point where they call for a ceasefire and they say it's gone too far and it's all the... But it's about when, and I don't understand why we had to go for so long rather than doing it so much sooner, because once we get to the point where everyone calls for a ceasefire, everyone suddenly who hasn't called for a ceasefire suddenly is starting to go, yeah, but we're calling for it now. Uh, hang on, there were how many lives lost? 22,000, were there? Somebody the other day at work was talking about something that was going to happen to their child and then didn't happen to their child, and it was like a horrible thing, and the whole place was like, oh my God, oh my God, and how was that, and just... And I sat there and I was suddenly removed from the room and I was just above the room and I was thinking, I just want everyone to have a moment of thinking about all those children. They said yesterday they think a thousand children have had to have their leg, a limb amputated without anesthesia, right? Every day we wait another day for a ceasefire if we can't think of all of them as human beings, the men and the women as well, if we just think of the children, because I know people find it really hard to th think of them as humans, as the men and women, do we have another day of children having their limbs amputated without anaesthesia? Imagine what that's like for the doctors as well. So, you know, we are inching towards now, maybe we all, maybe the killing is a little bit too much. What? No, sorry, it was too much too long ago. Too long ago, day after day after day after day after day. They are saying now that Gaza is almost un... un, un it's, it's almost going to be impossible to rebuild it. <clears throat> well, I wonder why. One thing else, something else I'd, I'd like to also flag up is that it's it's slowly becoming clear. And, you know, in terms of deaths, it strikes me that there's a really uh, difficult subject matter to be broached, which is around numbers of casualties. And this is a this is an unfortunate sort of thing to talk about, because, you know, obviously there was the awful statistic of 1,200 Israelis thereabouts killed in the October 7th um, atrocity. 
Um, that number has, has been brought down um, dramatically. I think, it's, I think it's under 1,000 now. I think it's around 900. And I think the number of civilians who were non-military is something like 236. So what, what that really points towards or speaks towards, and a number, tragically, and again, if this was, you know... In, Every uh, life this, this, and, and this is tragically in the sort of fog of war and conflict, and it was an urgent moment, but a number of Israeli civilians were also killed by the Israeli army on that day. Mm. So it was, it was clearly a mess of, of stress and tension and violence. And, and so, terror. Yeah, but when you start to actually unpack, you know, and the numbers are being released gradually, it's sort of being downgraded, downgraded each time. That doesn't downgrade the severity of what no. happened, but it's numbers. And, and the poor people who've still got hostages precisely. in there, good God. It makes no horrific. difference. But it does strike me as important that, you know, there's all this talk about never trusting the numbers that come out of Palestine and we're to trust the numbers that come out of Israel. And it seems that the numbers in Israel have, have shifted. And I'm sure the numbers in Palestine have shifted too. It just strikes me as, you know, we've got to be very careful here. We've got to be very careful that this push, this mission statement, which at one point the entire world understood, agreed with, and had compassion for a desire for self-defense. We've said it so many times. We called it out as Israel's 9-11. Yet at the same time, insisting that it was seen within the continued historical context, context of an occupation, essentially, um, and a control of a population. Now, what's important about what Ben Wallace has said today is he's used the phrase killing rage, he's pushed against Netanyahu. He's also, as a top brass or former top brass conservative, I think it's important, and again, it's unfortunate that one can only sort of say this and feel, oh, it's finally registered because a conservative has said it. But he said this, he said that what he's doing is so wrong, that what he's yes. doing is, um, uh, 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 no, 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 hang on, oh, hang on. It's the bit about radicalising. Yeah. He says, what better Benjamin Netanyahu is doing here will fuel the conflict for another 50 years. So this idea that this is the only strategy. I, you know, I we all totally understand Israel's desire to get rid of Hamas. Um, and we, everyone in the world, I think, wants there not to need to be in a Hamas in any way, shape or form. Um, and what he says here is, is that what Netanyahu is doing here is going to fuel, if not Hamas in name, Hamas in another name for years to come. And as he rightly says, his actions are radicalising Muslim youth across, across the, the globe. globe. Because the rage across the globe, because of the, you know, there's a rise in anti-Semitism and a, and a rise in Islamophobia. And all of that is not good for the world. So people that just think, oh, this has got nothing to do with me. It, it has, because it's made the world a much more dangerous place. And what, what, um, what you, and just, just quickly, what frightens me even more about behind this is there's a thing in capitalism which is called disaster economics, which is this idea that, you know, only through huge catastrophe like COVID and what have you, there's opportunities to make lots of money and all that kind of stuff. And I sometimes worry, and there's lots of stories floating around about the dubious relationship between Netanyahu specifically and his kind of oddly, curiously, historically ambivalent relationship with Hamas and, and, and how he's been involved with that, that sometimes there's a worry, and I'd be fascinated to know, Natasha, what the feeling is, is about this in the more liberal circles of the Israeli media, that somehow, in a weird way, Netanyahu almost has some kind of vested interest in this conflict. He, there's a, there's a, it sustains his premiership. It sustains his, to, the, to a large extent, damaged PR or, you know, a public image, if there's this sense of a huge enemy to kind of have to battle and, 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 and defeat. But the irony is, is that he's, as Ben Wallace, a conservative, former conservative defence minister, has said, 
He's fueling the problem. We've been saying this from the get-go. This isn't genius psychotherapy. No. This isn't genius, radical, terrorist-supporting thinking. This is realism, and it's just going to happen. Uh, Mr Wallace said he, while he believed going after Hamas was legitimate, uh, obliterating vast swathes of Gaza and collective punishment and the forced movement of civilians was, was not. Was not. Of, I, of course. I of just, course it's yeah. not. <laughs> it's like you say, though. He said it now, so, so it now, means something. So now it means something. But, it, but the fact that <laughs> everyone was everyone... saying this on peace marches, they were all hate mongers. <laughs> I mean, it's just... This is what annoys me about the narrative, that it's only given validation <laughs> yeah. at the point yeah. that a suit, a bald-headed man in a suit who was a conservative says it. He can say it in the Telegraph... But if the Telegraph was to look at what everyone was saying in the hate marches it reported on, a lot of this was being said way back then. This isn't genius new news to anyone. And what I'd also love to ask, that final question I'd love to ask, does Netanyahu, and Natasha, I'd love you to answer this, does Netanyahu really sit there thinking everyone else is wrong? And what about the people that have got hostages in there? I mean, they shot three of them. Men stripped to their waist, white, waving a white flag. And they'd and they also dropped a message dead. saying SOS in food. They'd used food to kind of, They'd done everything right, those sausages. And, I, they, I and they got so shot sad. because they were just moving people. That's Natasha Milchin, that's good to hear. Look, she says, agree, Mark, one of the reasons we want him out. I think if Israel could do something about Netanyahu... I think the whole Israel world... Israel would become a safer place. ...could do you. something... Yeah, Israel would become yeah. safer... The whole there's one big part of the jigsaw puzzle here that everyone's ignoring, and it's him. He, you can feel him whipping it up when he speaks. I look at him and I think, wow, this is Falkland's moment. This is what are you gonna do when this is all what what next for you? Because he feels like a man that is running with Mm. what's next behind Mm. his head, anyway. But anyway, oh, we love you guys, and um, don't forget, so tonight. Five o'clock and... Oh, five actually, o'clock, not six o'clock. No, okay. sorry, six no, 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 o'clock. We'll, six we'll, we'll let you know when it is. We'll let you know when it is. Yeah, but it is six. Oh, is that it? Okay, sorry. <laughs> but 